Hey, happy New Year to everybody. That's a great way to start the new year. And uh, congratulate Alabama and their, uh, their outstanding team and their great fans. But you're right, you, hit, you, you nailed it the first time. Who's got it better than us? Well, Coach, there's one team that might have it just as good as you, and that would be the Washington Huskies, but they got it done. So did the Michigan Wolverines. Welcome to Always College Football. I'm Greg McElroy. It is early in the wee hours, about 12.30 or so here from New Orleans, Louisiana. I just got through being a part of the broadcast team that did the Sugar Bowl. It was a tremendous blessing to have that opportunity, and I really am grateful to the wonderful people at ESPN for giving me this chance. I'm especially grateful to Sean McDonough, Molly McGrath, and, and Katie George, who were my partners in the show, and Phil Dean, Scott Johnson, our director. It was just such a fun thing to be a part of, and boy, were we treated to an incredible game. We're going to go through that game. We're going to go through Michigan-Alabama. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the other January 1st bowl games. So let's dive in. Let's not waste any time, and let's talk about what went down right here in New Orleans from the Superdome. I am literally in the booth here in the New Orleans Superdome. We just got through calling one of the greatest games I think I've ever witnessed. A game that at a moment, about a minute left, minute 20, we're all sitting there thinking, okay, a couple of runs, naturally. Don't fight for extra yardage. Don't do anything dumb. Double over the football. No fumbles. That's really the only way you're going to lose it. As long as you can just secure the ball and get off a punt snap, you'll be in good shape. Well, and then chaos ensued like it usually does in games involving the Washington Huskies. It was wild. It was not for the faint of heart, but it was tremendous resilience from both Texas and Washington to somehow make this a game there at the very end. He's sitting there, Dylan Johnson, their outstanding running back gets hurt. It preserves 35 seconds of game clock. They would have called timeout or taken a delay a game to give them five extra yards, and they would have punted the ball and snapped it on the punt with about 15 seconds remaining, which would have probably landed around the 15, 12 yard line of the Texas Longhorns with maybe six or seven seconds left in the game and you'd have to go 85 yards to potentially win it outright. But the injury stopped the clock. Washington had to call the timeout because of the injured player. Texas declined the 10 second runoff. They get the ball back, kick, catch, interference. Now they're out and going. They decide to double cover worthy and, and they decide to double cover A.D. Mitchell. Understandably so, those are the best receivers for the Texas Longhorns and Whittington, a guy that we told you in the open, don't forget about this guy. We literally did. The first thing we said about Jordan Whittington in the game was don't forget about this guy. He makes a huge play. Next thing you know, Texas is knocking on the door, and not for Elijah Jackson's timely play on the fade against A.D. Mitchell. It might have been Texas Longhorns that steal this one away from the grasp of the Washington Huskies. It was wild, it was chaotic, but it was perfectly played at the end by Washington on the fourth down to swat the ball away in a Hail Mary-esque type of situation. And they will now head to Houston where they'll take on the Michigan Wolverines. A couple of thoughts on the performance. Michael Penix is unbelievable, guys. I've been saying it for weeks. We said this back in, gosh, probably September. I said, this Washington team, and people laughed at me, I said, this Washington team reminds me so much of 2019 LSU. They have a quarterback that is all-world. Naturally, Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. Michael Penix finished second. They have three legitimate dudes at wide receiver. With Jalen McMillan now back healthy, 
He's the three-headed monster, and they're almost uncoverable. And on the downfield passes, I mean, they were pinpoint accuracy. Texas' secondary, I thought, played pretty well. I mean, some of the throws that Michael Penix was executing, they were in windows that were about this big. It was remarkable the way he was able to layer passes and to get it up and over defenders and get it up and down down the field. And his receivers are just outstanding. The defense, I think, for Washington, they've taken a lot of heat all year long. But they really are opportunistic. They forced a few turnovers tonight. Uh, they did a really good job of making sure Braylon Trice had an impact on the game. Hasn't had a ton of opportunities for sacks this year, but he has a couple in this game and had really relentless pressure on Quinn Ewers all night long. It was, it was really a thing of beauty uh, from Washington offensively and at times defensively. As far as Texas is concerned, you got to feel for him. The turnovers... And just how stagnant they were in the third quarter is really ultimately what did them in. They have a terrific football team. They ran the ball with good efficiency tonight. I thought Quinn Ewers had some good moments in the game. He didn't take any unnecessary risks, but really in the first half, the offense, and really the first three quarters, the offense just lacked rhythm. And they were their own worst enemy, had a bunch of penalties. Looking at the monitors, they're turned off now. But they had somewhere in the vicinity of 10, 11 penalties in the game as well, which had them constantly behind the sticks. They started 0 for 4 on third down, all four third downs. They were in third and 10, third and 11, third and 12. So those are just low probability, regardless of who you're playing against. So uh, they just didn't play good football tonight. And that's really uncharacteristic from a team that has played so beautifully in the last two games against both Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. They'll be back. They have a lot of really good players that will be coming back, but uh, they definitely left some plenty of plays on the field tonight that could have potentially changed the outcome. But there is no doubt about it. The best team tonight was the Washington Huskies. They are the deserving champions of the All-State Sugar Bowl, and I look forward to seeing how they match up with the Michigan Wolverines, who will talk about their victory here in just a moment on Always College Football. What a Rose Bowl game. Uh, obviously, it was, it was one that we had been looking forward to, and it kind of went the way we thought it would go, didn't it? We thought it was going to be a game that was really reliant on great defensive play. Thought that there'd be moments in the game in which Alabama's patience would be challenged. Thought there'd be moments in the game where Michigan would be able to run the ball with great efficiency. We thought there were going to be moments in the game where Alabama would run the ball with great efficiency. We thought the playmaking ability of Jalen Milrow would ultimately give Bama an edge. And, and they really, I think, for the most part, did a very good job of keeping him contained. There were a few shots down the field, but the coverage really in the back end was excellent. And in an effort to give full disclosure... There were a couple moments in preparing for our game that I did not get to watch, so you'll have to check back with us on Always College Football a little later this week. I'm going to break down the tape and explain it with a little bit more detail. But the things that really jumped out to me initially, there were mistakes made on both sides. That was not something I anticipated. Uh, I thought both these teams, they're so well coached. Neither team this year has made a lot of mistakes. Neither team this year has forced the football. And then sure enough, first play of the game from J.J. McCarthy, a near interception. They fumble the punt. They have other opportunities later in the game where there were really plays left on the field. J.J. McCarthy's legs were a big difference in the game from time to time. Uh, some of the designed quarterback runs gave Alabama some fits. So that was something that I, that I thought they might use, but I, they leaned a little bit more heavily into it 
than I anticipated. I think the big takeaway is that Michigan is who we thought they were. They're a really physical football team. They're an extremely disciplined football team. They know exactly who they are. They want to dictate the terms of the game by being able to impose their will at the line of scrimmage. And another thing, too, one, I mean, Roman Wilson, for example, the catch there, late in regulation, full extension, catch and run, I think Michigan's weapons are vastly underrated. Uh, and, and we have kind of talked a little bit about that is when you look at the other teams in the playoff, Alabama, Texas, Washington, are Michigan's weapons up to par? And I think that that's a reasonable question. That was something that, that we had talked about, and maybe that's the one thing they don't have when compared to some of the other guys. I, I'm changing my tune on that. I was very impressed. I know the numbers are not going to be gaudy. Uh, the numbers are not going to blow you away. But I thought the plan from Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh taking advantage of Alabama's man coverage, getting some free releases by the running back on critical down and distance, they're basically extended handoffs. Just run the running back right into the flat. Alabama defenders get caught in the trash, and those guys are wide open in space where they can turn the corner and potentially create a big play. So like I said, congrats to Michigan. It was a well-executed plan and on the biggest down of the game. The biggest down of the game, they held firm on the interior. Now, I've watched that play a couple times. I have not seen it from an all-22 angle, so I have not seen all the bodies. But based on what I've picked up and the little bit that I have seen, there were options in that play that I think would have given Alabama a better chance. Uh, Alabama decided to go with Jalen Milrow up the middle, but that was really an RPO, and there were outlets that I think was a little bit a path of least resistance would have been going in that direction as opposed to running right into the teeth of the Michigan defense in a goal-to-go situation from the two- or three-yard line. So a missed opportunity from Alabama, but it was really well executed from Michigan. They were stout on the interior. That was one of the strengths of their team, their defensive line, their defensive tackles, their defensive rotation is a big reason why they were in a position uh, to play for a national championship. And then in the biggest moment of their season, in a fourth down, got to have it situation for Alabama, they made the play and Alabama did not. So Michigan against Washington and what should be a thrilling national championship game one week from tonight in the in Houston, excuse me, NRG Stadium in Houston. I'm sorry, I just got through calling a crazy game. So I'm a little bit loopy at the moment, but it will be awesome one week from tonight there in Houston. Couple other takeaways from today's games. I thought when you look at what Washington or Wisconsin and LSU did, that was a phenomenal football game. And to see LSU go 98 yards down the field was pretty remarkable. It felt like Wisconsin's game all game long, didn't it? I mean, it really felt like they were really controlling things. Uh, Pauling had a terrific game. Some of the wideouts really stepped up when their number was called. But it was LSU at the end. And I was surprised, too, and I had not been tracking it close enough. I was really amazed at the buy-in from the LSU players. I was amazed at how much they wanted to be there, guys that are likely going to be drafted in the first round just a couple months from now. It's pretty amazing to see all those guys on the field participating in a game that some would consider to be meaningless. I know overview of bowl games meaningless. I think every game means something. But that was really cool to see the buy-in. That really speaks to the culture that Brian Kelly 
has created over the last two years. Iowa and Tennessee, what a dominant performance from Tennessee. Iowa had a chance or two early, but that was it. So a really impressive performance from the Volunteers. And then Oregon, I mean, they did what we thought they would likely do. I had said for a while now, I thought SMU was the best G5 team. Uh, I thought they had the best personnel, and I think they would have provided probably the most competitive game against a team like Oregon. But Oregon was one of the better teams in the country all year long. So to see the outcome go the way it went was not that surprising. I feel bad for Liberty. They had a great year, but they were largely untested. And, and they had never seen a team that resembles anything like what Oregon ran out there today. So it was a terrific day of college football. I'm sorry I don't have more for you. I would be here all night talking ball with you, but unfortunately we are getting kicked out of the booth here in the Superdome. So I love you. I appreciate you. I want to wish all the amazing listeners of Always College Football a happy and healthy new year. We are so grateful for the growth that we've experienced together this season, and we appreciate all that you guys have done for us, and we continue to ask you to like rate and subscribe to the show wherever you get your show if you think i stunk on the broadcast tonight good with that as well let us know in the comments let us know (laughs) in some of the interaction with our social channels as well always cfb on both instagram and twitter for all of us here at always college football it looks like jack jack and jake jake will be here i know that he's our editor but jack and jack they pressed the snooze button a little early so for mark Jake and me, I'm Greg. We hope you have a tremendous day and continued celebration of the new year here in 2024. It's always college football.